Why is it that there are individuals who seem to live a charmed life when it comes to their career? Yes, they do put in the work. They are dedicated and driven. But there is this additional X factor that propels them forward, powering their career to greater heights. I believe the X factor is emotional intelligence. Hi, my name is Mucha Mulingo. I am an emotional intelligence coach. Welcome to the EQ at Work podcast, a platform where I will share how you can leverage emotional intelligence to power up your career and achieve professional success. EQ at Work podcast with Muchamlingo, episode number five, Unlearning to Learn. My brain is um, wired to pick up on rational data. I'm the kind of individual who walks into a room and notices that the chairs are not aligned and that the pictures on the wall are not straight. I can very easily miss out on emotional data. I can very easily miss out on the tension that lies beneath the surface when the team is unhappy with a decision that I've made, for example, or how a client has handled them. This is the way that I am wired. That is my default. But here's the thing. Successful individuals understand that default settings aren't necessarily sufficient to get them where they want to go. Successful people understand that they must practice cognitive flexibility, moving from what comes naturally to what may feel uncomfortable because the situation requires it. Whilst it may be true that we are the sum of our upbringing and socialization and personality, all mixed together in this pot called our lives, it is essential that we develop the habit of looking at ourselves critically to identify the default behaviors that actually hold us back. Whilst taking the rational outlook has its upside, it also has its downside. Emotional intelligence isn't about a pass or fail. When we talk about an emotional intelligence profile or style, there is no best style. At its core, emotional intelligence is about knowing where we are and being able to identify what is required to be able to use that information to navigate successfully through the situations that we find ourselves in life and at work. That means that there are those situations at work where my rational approach is what is required. But there will be other situations where I need to practice that cognitive flexibility and shift from what is my default response to the best possible response that is required in that particular moment. Your emotions will either push you forward towards whatever it is that you are trying to achieve or pull you backwards, holding you hostage and stopping you from moving forward. A key part of developing greater emotional intelligence is understanding where you are, what your baseline is, what your default response to external stimuli tends to be. If you think about it, If a friend was coming to visit you and asked for directions, 
Let's imagine for a moment that they don't have Google Maps and they ask you to send directions. I'd like to imagine that the first thing that you would ask them is where they're coming from. Because the directions you give someone who is coming from the city center, for example, would be different to the directions that you give to someone who's coming from a different part of town. In order to truly get to where it is you wish to go, in order to truly achieve the goals that you have set for yourself at work, in life, You must understand where you are right now. That knowledge of self is essential for success. And I believe that self-awareness is a superpower. A story is told about a pregnant lion who died soon after giving birth. The newborn cub didn't know what to do. As he lay there helpless, a herd of sheep came passing by. Seeing the little motherless cub, mother sheep decided to raise the cub as her own. With time, that little cub grew up along with the sheep and started to think and act like a sheep. The cub would even eat grass like a sheep. The lion was teased regularly by the other sheep because he was different. Some of them would say, you are so ugly. Your voice is so weird. You're a disgrace to the sheep family. The lion felt sad that he didn't look like them and that something was obviously missing. Something was wrong with him. He tried hard to get along with the sheep, but still felt that he had let down the sheep community by being different and that he really was a waste of space. One day, an older lion saw the herd of sheep and decided to attack them. He was on the hungry side and felt that they would be a great snack. While attacking, the lion saw the young lion running away with the other sheep. The older lion got curious and decided to pursue the younger lion. Soon, it was able to pounce on the younger lion and asked, why are you running away with the sheep? The younger lion, who had never seen a lion before, shook in fear and said, please don't eat me. I'm just a young sheep. Please let me go. Hearing this, the older lion growled, what? You're not a sheep. You're a lion just like me. But the young lion kept on saying, I'm a sheep. Please let me go. Don't eat me, please. At this point, the older lion gets an idea. He drags the terrified younger lion to a nearby river and tells him to look at his reflection. Upon looking at the reflection, and then looking at the older lion, the young lion realized who he really was. He actually did look like this older lion. He wasn't a sheep, regardless of his upbringing. It was on this day that the younger lion realized why he had never fit in. And he was so thrilled that he let out a mighty roar. Many times we are limited by our default behaviors and the unconscious patterns that I spoke about last week. Those default settings are a result of our life stories, but we have the power to choose. We have the power to choose to be different, to do different, 
especially when our patterns are not serving us well. Making that change starts with self-awareness. The young lion was not able to embrace who he was until he was able to truly see himself for what he was, a lion. Self-awareness is rooted in the capacity for introspection, the ability to dig deeper, to peel back the layers, to understand who we really are. It's pushing through the discomfort because we understand that in order to truly move forward, we must get to the root of who we really are and understand the default patterns that could hold us back from becoming the individuals that we were created to be and fulfill our God-given purpose. Practicing emotional intelligence helps us to take back our power, to look at ourselves in the mirror and to be honest about where we are, whilst at the same time, be optimistic about where we are going. So how can we practice this self-awareness? How can we strengthen this muscle? Start by understanding what you feel. As children, we are exposed to words and encouraged to expand our vocabulary. Parents read to their children so that they can learn new words. School teachers add words to reading lists in order to enhance a child's ability to develop language proficiency. We pay a lot of attention to the development of a child's literacy, the ability to identify and understand sounds and words. Unfortunately, we pay very little attention to emotional literacy, the ability to describe how it is that we are feeling. Many of us use the very same words to describe a myriad of emotions. Did you know that there are over 3,000 words for feelings? How many of these do you know and use? At six seconds, we believe that at its core, emotional literacy is about learning the language of emotions. It is the ability to express one's emotional state and communicate simple and compound feelings. According to Jane Taylor, an emotional literate person can notice and name the emotions they are feeling and those that they see in other people. Such individual can also understand the message an emotion is aiming to communicate. And so they're able to select the emotion that they're experiencing and choose what to communicate. In addition to this, an emotional literate person accepts emotions as a normal part of life and is at ease talking about and working with them with people they trust. Your emotional state profoundly influences the quality of your work, but oftentimes we don't give our emotions much attention, preferring that we leave them at the door in the morning so that they don't get in the way of our work. But emotions drive behavior. It is not possible for human beings to separate themselves from their emotions. We are not machines. Emotions are an integral part of who we are and the feelings that they generate impact us at work. So learn to call them out. Even if it's just to yourself, get into the habit of stopping to identify what it is you're feeling and push yourself to be specific rather than using the same handful of words to describe what it is you're going through. Get specific. 
you will be amazed at how naming your emotions will actually help you as you purpose to navigate them. Naming my emotions, enhancing my emotional vocabulary so that I can be specific is something that doesn't come naturally to me. But the beauty of emotional intelligence is that all these EQ competencies are skills, which means that when you know what you lack, you know what needs work. And so I practice naming what I am feeling. I realize the importance of unlearning to relearn. Emotional intelligence is being more aware, more intentional, and more purposeful. Emotional intelligence is key to your success at work. You have been listening to the EQ at Work podcast with me, Muchamlingu. Tune in every Monday as I share EQ tips and insights that will help you to power up your career with emotional intelligence, the soft skill that drives professional success. This podcast is for professionals who are keen to leverage the learnable skill of emotional intelligence to increase impact and effectiveness and build and strengthen professional relationships to maximize influence at work. If that describes you, don't forget to subscribe.